But on to today's news. There is. Uh, let's get to the breaking news, first of all. Uh, and I don't know if my first guest tonight actually has an answer to this because I'm kind of putting him on the spot. Rick Zamperin, the sports director and a variety of numerous other titles here at 900 CHML joins me. Uh, Rick, we heard just like half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago, that Ticats general manager and coach Kent Austin had been taken to hospital. Do we know anything about what's going on? Uh, I have not been able to determine why he has been admitted to hospital, what the prognosis is, what uh, the illness or, or mishap uh, could have been. Uh, I do know through you know just reading uh, a couple of uh, tweets and updates from uh, several sources that uh, he is expected to be released soon, which is the good news. Uh, and I would assume, although I have not heard back from the team, that they'll probably remain tight-lipped on the cause of his hospitalization. And I should note, there's another well-known coach who was sent to hospital and has been released earlier today, and that was Don Shula, Hall of Fame Miami huh. Dolphins coach who had some breathing problems. So something's in the air today. I, I, something. Hopefully nothing uh, nothing too serious. But uh, if we find out anything about Ken Austin during the course of the show, of course, we will let you know. But I, I suspect that Rick is right. It's uh, it. it the team will, in all likelihood, be very tight-lipped about this, and uh, we'll, it'll come out eventually, but probably not tonight, but we'll see. We'll, we'll try. Uh, n- news release that came out today, Rick, that I found kind of interesting and, frankly, kind of, uh, kind of exciting in a lot of ways, and that is that the Ticats and McMaster, let's start with those two pieces of the pie, mm-hmm. uh, have combined for an event on Labor Day. We all know the Ticats play a Labor Day game every year, but now at Tim Hortons Field, they will also be involving the McMaster Marauders having their game there. Um, Thoughts? Uh, You know what? I think this is long overdue. Mm. Um, You know, McMaster uh, has its home opener a week before Labor Day. I think it's like the last or second last weekend of August. And then on Labor Day weekend... Uh, they are going to be playing at noon at Tim Hortons Field, not Ron Joy Stadium. Uh, that's going to be followed by a free concert at the South Plaza, which is now finally done and now can be used for this sort of thing. And that concert's going to be put on by Supercrawl, and it's apparently going to be a Hamilton-based or Hamilton lead artist kind of slash group that's going to be involved. So, you know, the Monster Trucks, the Arkells, you know, something of that ilk. And then later on that night at 6.30, the Ticats and Argos will play a prime time edition of the Labor Day Classic. So if you're a football fan, uh, Labor Day is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was the third part of it that I was, I was going to bring in. But yeah, the Super Crawl uh, piece of it is that there will be between the two games. So assuming the games go along as they normally would, the Mac game will end around 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a concert, as you say, and that's on the, the patio that is on the side close to Scott Park. And then that concert will go on, and then the Ticats will come. It, I'm with you. It, it seems to me that this is, I don't want to dismiss or diminish the uh, the work that's gone into this, but this seems to be a no-brainer. This is something that just makes all the sense in the world to bring these two teams together on Labor Day. Yeah, and I know they had um, um, games on Labor Day, but they were at uh, the different venues. So, for instance, you know, the Marauders would play at noon or 1 o'clock on Labor Day at Ron Joy Stadium. The Ticats would play later on that day. Uh, or even night. at the same time, a few Not times. at the same time, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, th- this makes all the sense in the world. It's two of Hamilton's football institutions, really, the two football teams in town that are finally on the same day at different times going to be playing at the same venue. Um, I'm not sure how tickets are going to work, whether you can buy one ticket and have all three 
things at once. I'm assuming there's some kind of package out there that you can, uh, you know, grab a hold of and attend all three events, which would make sense. Um, and that there's going to be a lot of work going into it because you got a football game, you got a concert that's not in the stadium, but still around the stadium. And then the Ticats game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the parking situation, the travel mm. from out of town because there's a concert involved. Um, but, uh, but again, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Labor Day. It's one day. It's, nobody's going to work. It, it, it should be uh, a blast. Well, a couple things. Uh, first of all, my understanding is that if you buy a Ticat single game ticket for Labor Day, the McMaster game is included. If you are a Ticat season ticket holder, you get a chance to jump to the front of the line and buy a Mac ticket. I think it's 15 bucks. And if you buy a Mac ticket... If you buy season tickets for McMaster, those tickets are honored at this game as well. So uh, that's my understanding of how it works. But but to the point, and, and you raise it, that there's been many, many times over the last number of years that McMaster has had a game on Labor Day that basically football fans from this city simply haven't been able to watch. And I've never understood how that has been allowed to happen. Because this, especially for the last five or six years, when you have a championship caliber team that people might want to actually, might have an interest in tuning into, how they constantly found a way to make it conflicting so that you really couldn't tune into both. I never got that. This seems to just be the, the something, as you say, that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, and it's really too bad because, as you mentioned, you know, those McMaster teams, and, and not that they're uh, not among the elites, especially in the OUA, but, you know, those teams... Uh, two, three, four years ago, we're going to Vanier Cups and winning Vanier Cups. And a lot of football fans who were in love with the Tiger Cats and maybe, you know, acknowledged and, and liked the Marauders really weren't given that opportunity, at least on Labor Day, to watch both games on the same day. Um, and I know it's a busy weekend for McMaster because, you know, students are, you know, uh, plunging into campus knowing that, uh, you know, the school year is about to begin. They're getting all their uh, things situated with residents and, and uh, you know, their school programs and all that kind of stuff. Um so I think this makes even a lot more sense to have that McMaster football game off campus uh, coincided with, you know, the, the marquee game in the Canadian Football League in terms of Ticats and Argonauts and then throwing a concert in there as well. Uh, I think it's thumbs up all around. They should have done it years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I, I really do think so. And, and this one worked because McMaster was supposed to open their season on or play the game on the Sunday night before Labor Day, which is really... Right, yeah not an ideal time for a university football game. Uh, so they were more than willing, Glenn Grunwald, the athletic director, was more than willing to find some sort of common ground to make this thing work. And good for them, good for all of them, good for the Ticats, good for McMaster, uh, good for uh, uh, Supercrawl to get involved with this, because if, if they can actually put a band that is recognizable as opposed to a bunch of you know introductory bands that we've never heard of, if they can have at least one band that has actually got some name recognition and some some interest to the local fans, man, this could be a really hopping place on Labor Day. Yeah, and and that and that's a big key too because you're going to get non-football fans mm-hmm. going to Tim Hortons Field just to see you know Band X, uh, and they might stay for one of the games or both the games. They'll just make a whole day of it, and you might convert those non-football fans to football fans, and who knows what they'll become down the road. Well, and and it goes beyond football, too, because there's a lot of people, I'm suspecting, that go to football games that don't necessarily go to Super Crawl that may now be exposed to that as well. I mean, it seems to help a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, Eric Norwood, I want to ask you about this. The Ticats released. The guy's been an all-star. He's been a great player. Gets released by the team this week. Why? Well, 
I think, in short, here's a player who suffered a severe knee injury, a torn ACL, in the uh, East semifinal and uh, was probably going to miss at least half of this upcoming season. Uh, so that puts him out to at least July, if not August. And, you know, the, the Ticats had a decision to make. This would, this would have been his last year, or at least was his last year, under contract with Hamilton. So the conversation is, do we pay Eric Norwood to sit on the injured list? And even though it doesn't count against the salary cap, because he would be on the six-game injured list, that does not count against the cap. You use that six-game list for the most serious of injuries. Um, so even though it wouldn't count against the cap, you're still taking up a roster spot, not only at training camp, but certainly throughout the season on that injured list, um, knowing that if you have a guy who you think is going to recover from whatever injury beforehand or be a pivotal part of your team, you don't want that roster spot soaked up by a guy who's n- who may not play until Labor Day. So I think knowing that he's going to be a free agent after this season, uh, knowing that he's not going to play for at least half the year, let's save the money, and uh, who knows, they might, they might re-sign him come the fall or come next season. Uh, but right now he's really no good to the Ticats in terms of playing on the field. Yeah, I was going to say that we're talking about Labor Day. What are the chances that he still plays at Tim Hortons Field on Labor Day, just in a different color? Um, well, that, that could be the case, or, or he could be in black and gold again. I mean, there, there are numerous examples, and we'll see guys at Ticats training camp and at training camps across the CFL this season who have tried out for the same team time and time and time again. Ellis Langster is a perfect, a perfect example. I think this is his third go-round with the Ticats. He'll go to training camp again. He was at minicamp again. Um, so I would not put it past the Ticats at all to say, hey, Eric, uh, and I know he's getting interest across the CFL. He might, he might sign a deal tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, if he's available come Labor Day and, and he's healthy and he wants to come back to Hamilton, he's had nothing but good things to say about this city, um, the Ticats would scoop him up. There's no doubt. I mean, he's a talented uh, football player. How much does the acquisition the Ticats made in the offseason of John Chick make their decision to do this happen? Uh, it definitely plays a part, no doubt about it. When you have a guy of John Chick's caliber, um, you can you know look at other parts of your roster to say you know can we make a move here? Can we make a deletion there? Uh, without John Chick, I mean this this Ticats offensive line really right now uh, without Chick would be Ted Lawant and a bunch of unproven guys at the CFL level, the Lyndon Gaydoshes of the world, Evan Gill, uh, guys who have not been there and done that for 18 games in a CFL season. So having Lawant and certainly getting Chick on board uh, after he was released by Saskatchewan made this decision easier to stomach for uh, Kent Austin. Just before I let you go, uh, Drew Edwards has been writing and has done some stuff in the last couple of days about the possibility, and I don't even know where it stands, but about the possibility of a CFL video game. Do you think that that could possibly work? That if a company, because it's not EA Sports as I understand it, if a company came out with a CFL video game going up against Madden or up against these other ones, could it possibly work? I I think it could work. I mean, we've been talking about a CFL Madden-like video game for a few years now. But I think it would only work 
um, at least successfully monetarily in Canada. I mean, there would be some people, you know, in the states who would buy it just to check it out. There'd be some hardcore CFL fans down south who are probably, uh, you know, Canadians working down there or whatnot. Uh, but it would still be absolutely undoubtedly dwarfed by the popularity of oh, of course I mean, we're, we're, we're probably talking you know 10 gazillion to one in terms of uh, you know video game yeah. sales. but there uh, you know i would probably buy it just just especially the first one just to check it out see the names you know the uh, how how it looks uh, i think it would be quite popular in canada see i what i don't understand to be honest with you uh, i we have at home my son has got nhl whatever And in the NHL video game from EA Sports, they have European leagues, they have the OHL, they have the AHL. I'm trying to figure out why nobody from the CFL has gone to the Madden people and said, listen, we'll give you the rights to all of our faces and our likenesses and everything else. Just put us as an option in this game. Because how how many people who have never seen the CFL might just fiddle around with it a little bit and go, oh. And maybe then tune into a game on ESPN or do or become interested. I, I just don't understand why they now. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. Maybe the Madden people or whoever else is doing these has said no, not interested at all. But I'd be pushing for that rather than starting a new game. You know what? You make a good point too. The the only thing I would uh, I would get a kick out of you know going from. You know, if you had, you know, your your NFL Madden version, and then you could flip over to the CFL. I mean, now now you're talking a whole new set of rules. There's a lot of crazy special teams things you have to shove in there. Then does you know the arena league say, hey, we want a part of this? Sure. Now, now you have an arena league. Why not? Uh, page. Uh, I, I, I'm all in. I'm I'm kind of getting excited now. <laughs> See, I actually think I actually think that that would be fantastic. And I again, maybe the CFL has gone hard after them, and they've just been shut down time and time again. Mm-hmm. But I, if they haven't, man, that that seems like a lost opportunity. I'd love. I, I'm gonna actually do some work and see if they have because that seems like it's something that would make a ton of sense for this league. Just to just to introduce kids to the game, even if the people playing it don't have a clue what's going on. At least it's yeah. introduced to them. I can imagine some American in Corpus Christi, <laughs> Texas, playing CFL Madden, thinking, I "What the heck is going here. on here? How come only got? How about, how, why am I punting on third down? Yeah, what? What's this no yards thing? I just killed him. Why? What happened? Um, <laughs> the field is huge. Yeah, well, that that too. But but best part is I get to throw seventy yard bombs on every play. That's what people would love about it. Exactly. Rick Zamper, always appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this tonight. All right, take care, Scott.